All right, so I'm going to start. I have something I want to start with. What if I want to start with something? Well, you can. What well, you go on then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we actually we did we did just start just now, didn't we? No, 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 no. Well, I mean, maybe we'll see. <laughs> You're getting something you don't usually get right now. Uh, Do you know? Can you guess what it is? Uh, no. I'll see if I can give you a hint. Oh, have you been drinking, darling? No, you're getting Mike with coffee. Oh. oh now, you okay. never get this version yeah, usually, usually I get the sleepy Mike. Now I'm getting away. You get Mike. sleepy Mike. You get sometimes ever so slightly inebriated Mike. Yeah, You've see, had that one I in was, the past. I wish I was ever so slightly inebriated Casey. I'm going to put in a drink order while we're, while we're sitting here. Hold on. Well, hey. I'm drinking coffee, Casey. This well, is so. not a good mix. Coffee and alcohol, they don't, they don't, well, no, I'm putting in a drink I mean, order they do for actually me. go pretty well. Yeah, the heck either. with you, man. I'm putting in a drink order for me. Well, you go wild. But I'm drinking coffee today because, well, this is my evening coffee. I would have had it a little bit earlier, but I figured I would have it during the show, so I would be more punchy for you. <laughs> so I've been working all day. Typically, punchy has a very negative connotation on this side of the Atlantic. I don't know how it is on your side of the Atlantic, but... No, I, I, I mean exactly... <laughs> I mean exactly that. This is the show that I need to be punchy for. I'm going to uh, be feisty, so buckle up. Because oh. you, you've always got your stuff. Well, I mean, I also have one of my favorite pieces of follow-up of all time to give right now. Oh, is, are, we, are we starting it off? Is this, is this what people tune in for? This is what they're definitely uh, tuning in for. So I right, was in the ahead. airport. I'm going to tell the whole story here, okay? I was in the airport. Which airport? Uh, Heathrow. Okay. The best airport. I it's remember actually, Heathrow it's fondly, actually. actually. Amazing. Uh, there are parts of it that are not good. I would say Terminal 3 and Terminal 5 are really good. The rest of it, eh, not so much. Terminal 5 is the best. It sounds like Dulles. I only like Terminal 3 because... Because I fly so much, I am um, I'm a gold member of Virgin Atlantic, the, like you know, their miles program. Mm -hmm. Plus, I got a Virgin Atlantic credit card, and we bought all of our big house purchases on that card to get me more miles. So nice. I'm in there like their gold thing. So I get to go to the lounge, and the Virgin Lounge is amazing. So that's one of the reasons I love it. So you're a gold virgin that gets to go to the Virgin Lounge. Yeah. Cool. So that's one of the reasons that I love uh terminal three so anyway this is this is a complete aside we're, we're already in the weeds so i'm i'm <laughs> going i'm walking from uh the lounge to the uh um to the gate and i see a guy who has three tom bim bags ah that's my kind right? of guy right there and i was that was exactly what i thought i was like one i was thinking to myself how on earth is this guy gonna get three bags he had like one on his back and was holding these two big ones that i'm not really sure of but they were completely packed and i was thinking to myself how is he gonna get those on the plane like i, I have no <laughs> idea how he's gonna get three pieces of hand luggage on the plane but he's going for it and they were like fit to bust and I was thinking to myself at the time, I was like, there is a strong chance that there is like some kind of crossover here. Like, if he's using Tom Bim bags, we're probably not that many degrees of separation away from each other. <laughs> so or it could have been me. You never know. So we're, we go to the airport and we, we uh, well, not the airport, the gate, the gate. And we're in one of the worst gates. I hate these gates, right? Where you stand in line, right? And then you just go into another room. And then mm -hmm. you, they eventually open a door and then you go onto the plane. So, like, it negates the whole point of the line because everybody's just thrown into this room again to begin another line process at another That's point. weird. Yeah, they're really, really dumb. They're, they're just really dumb. Well, but, but, but hold on. But Brits really love a good queue. So, I mean, I can't entirely blame mm. them. 
mm. <laughs> I mean, but then, yeah, but it's an orderly queue because then the second queue is not orderly, right? Because it's just like everyone's sitting in this room and they're like, right, Rose, blah, blah, blah. And then you have to just run for it. Oh, my word. I love it when your true Brit just pops out all of a sudden because I think us, us Americans have beaten all the good out of you. To, well, not all the good, but some of the good out of you. But then this, these like oh. truly British moments come back and it just makes me smile. Me and Stephen were just like digging through some Dropbox folders and like came across some old show that I've done that has been, since been deleted from the internet. Mm-hmm. And my accent, man, my gosh, I want to hear it. It's so bad. No, I want to hear gonna, it. You might get to hear it, <laughs> but that's it. And I'm not sharing it because I I hate it. It makes me recoil. It's like I'm pronouncing all these vowels really weirdly. I have noticed a lot on this trip things that I say. Like an American. And I, I don't have a lot of, I don't, I, I can't think of a lot of concrete examples, but it's just the way I say a lot of words now is different. Like, for example, I may find myself saying beautiful. As opposed to. That's beautiful. Oh, so, very, so like sliding the D in there, like beautiful? The D, yeah, yeah the D. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. The, the D, D sound instead of the T sound. I find myself doing that a lot now. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's, it is being accentuated by the fact that I have been in America for so long, right? right. That on, on, like, I feel like I'm doing it more than normal because there are no other accents around me. Um, but yeah, so that I've noticed that. But anyway, my gosh, am I ever going to tell this story? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is, this is interesting to me. No, it's not you. It's both of us. Um, so yeah, I'm in this big room, right? This big holding pen. And <laughs> somebody sits down in front of me. And they say, are you Mike? And it's the Tom Bing guy. Nice. And his name is Jesse, and he is a listener to some of our shows. And at one point, like we're just chatting, I see his phone. He's listening to Analog. Nice. And he was listening. Like, it was a few minutes in, because I saw he was listening to an overcast. Like, he hadn't just, like, just pressed play and showed me. Like, he was mm-hmm. listening to it. And he was listening to the first episode where we talk about being microfamous. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, in that episode, we talk about fame and we're in an airport and you've just come up to introduce yourself to me. That has been pretty great, right? Uh, you know, it pains me to concede to you that this is up there on the list of all time best follow up. But this is this is pretty high up there on the list of all time best follow up. Like, it was, it, what made it more perfect is the fact that he was listening to me talk about micro-fame uh, whilst sitting in front of me introducing himself. It was it was pretty fantastic, Casey, I'm not going to lie. That, that's pretty great. Also, many people have, have, have pointed out that uh, micro-famous could actually just be M-Y-K-E-ro-famous, Mike-ro-famous. I'm really upset I didn't think of that. <sighs> Let's move on. Okay, let's talk about me some more. <laughs> yes, please. So, a few weeks ago, we were talking about conferences that we're going to be going to, right? Because somebody had asked me if I was going to be at PodCon. Well, the thing that I couldn't talk about at that time is that I am going to be there because I'm going to be doing something with PodCon. Ooh. So, uh, I'm going to be in Seattle uh, in December as part of PodCon. Um, I am on the featured guests page, KC. Oh, you fancy. And I got an upgrade on this page. So when they first launched it, it was just my name on the page. Mm. And for, for reasons I'm not fully aware of, now my photo is on this page. Oh, you I think, fancy. I, I tweeted about it and, I, and people were excited. So 
maybe I don't know. And also, when there's this like uh, they they have this thing which I think is really co- really clever, probably for these reasons. When you buy a ticket, they ask you who you who you want to see, like who are you coming to see? Mm-hmm. And I I guess maybe if some people have said that they were coming maybe in part because they wanted to see me, mm-hmm. right? That they. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I hate everything. Uh, that they they <laughs> might. I don't know. Like I don't know if that's actually my name isn't even on the list. But whatever. Um, I don't know the reason then. But I figured maybe that was part of it. But like, who are you looking forward to see the most? Well, my name is not on there, so they need to sort that one out. I think. <laughs> Surely people people are excited to see Mike Hurley. But yeah, my face is on the page now, which makes me feel cool and fancy because there's a lot of people on there who are extra cool and yeah, extra fancy. Yeah, about so. that. So I'm looking at these people, and a lot of them, mm-hmm. to be honest, I don't know who they are. But I see Roman Mars, and I know mm-hmm. who that is. Mm-hmm. And I continue scrolling, and I see... Uh, three names that mean nothing to me: <laughs> Justin, Travis, mm-hmm. and Griffin McElroy, 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 McElroy. Come Sorry. on, Casey. I've never heard the show, but um, any of the shows heard, they do all the great shows. Uh, I thought that's what Relay does. Anyway, but I see under that my brother, my brother, and me, which I know is your current if not former obsession. So, look, uh, let's just be straight here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, one of the reasons I'm doing this, so you can hopefully is because meet I want to try and meet them. Mm-hmm. I want to meet them. So you know. This is this is just the way things go, kids. I'm I'm trying my best because all I want to do is tell them all individually how much I respect them. Like I just want to look at their faces and say, "You make content that makes me want to be better," because that's how I feel about their stuff. So I get to do that. So I'm very excited about that. But there's just like loads of amazing people there. My friend Aaron Mankey is going to be there, who creates an incredible show called Law, very popular. So I'm looking forward to seeing Aaron again. We go we go way back. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good fun. So There's a bunch of people there that I've never met, and I and I would like to just meet them. Just to say hi, you know, like so they know who I am and I know who they are, that kind of thing. And That's one of the main reasons I'm doing this. I actually don't know what I'm going to be doing at PodCon yet. We haven't decided. Um, I'm most likely going to be doing some kind of panel or multiple panels or a workshop as opposed to recording a show there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel that's kind of more of what I want to do. Like I want to go there and maybe try and help some people to understand more about this medium because I have some opinions and I would like to, to get those out. So Fair enough. Now, when is December 9th and 10th? Oh, let me know if you want to record analog. You want to you go on a podcom? Sure, why not? All right, well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll talk to my people. <laughs> Listen to you. You are the worst. What's next on the topic list? Oh, look, I want to just more mention Mike. our mem. No, this I'm is kidding, us. I'm what kidding, is, I'm is this? I'm All right, I'll tell you what then. <laughs> Sign up for membership, but don't pick this show. Pick another show that I'm on because <laughs> Casey doesn't want it. You're uh, such a jerk. Well done. I just want to, by the time that, that people are listening to this, Casey, our membership episode will be out into the world where me and you talk about one of my favorite movies, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. It's really easy to become a Relay FM member. Just go to relay.fm slash membership. Pick a show you want to support. Pick all the shows if you want to. You'll get the same benefits no matter what it is that you choose. But we would, of course, love it if you chose to support this show. Um, there are tons more bonus episodes to come. You'll be sent some links to get yourself some feeds for that so you can subscribe to them in your app of choice. We also have something new for this year, which is uh, our incredible designer, Mr. Frank Towers, put together... 5K desktop wallpaper, so wallpaper and 5K resolution of every single Relay FM show. So I've, they're all available. Mm-hmm. And I've seen these, and I kid you not, they are phenomenal. 
they yeah, are they're, they're truly as, great. They're all brilliant, but there are a handful of them that are just like, oh, what did you do? Like, they're so good. So they're all available now. If you're a Relay FM member, um, you would have been sent an email with links and information in it. If you sign up, you get the, the same email. So sign up now. Don't miss out. And you can also support some of your favorite Relay FM shows. We will still be talking about this for a couple more weeks, but the, the plugs get shorter and shorter as the weeks go on. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that um, has signed up and to everybody that will. Yep, thank you so much. And regardless of which show you do sign up for, and I think I made the same speech when we recorded our members episode, but whatever show or shows or whatever that you sign up for, uh, to give any of your hard-earned money, and I mean that truly, I don't, I don't mean to, to uh, be patronizing, like any of your hard-earned money, to throw any of it to anyone on this network is extremely mm-hmm. kind of you. So thank you to anyone who's even thought about, much less actually doing it. But I tell you what, these members episodes, uh, I, I have heard the beginning of one of the crossover episodes and who boy is it good. I've only heard the first five or ten minutes, and I think, Mike, you know exactly which one I'm thinking of, and I don't want to say any more without permission, but oh, is it good. So that you alone... You can say is, it. Okay. You can say it. Mike has given me advanced access to the Upgrade uh, Cortex crossover. Spooky which, Manor. Which is Spooky Manor. And mm-hmm. not only is it great just hearing the Snellatron and the robot that is CGP Grey and the carbon-based life form that is your friend and mine, Mike Hurley, uh, going through this adventure together. But the editing is a la inquisitive, and I mean that in the highest possible complimentary way. Thank you. It is truly great. And I'm only like 10 minutes in, so I am being this effusive after probably a sixth of the way through. So it is worth the cost of admission just for that episode, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. And you get all of them, so go sign up. Thank you, Casey, for the additional plugging. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to turn this smile upside down. That's not how that saying goes. No, but turn that's okay. this smile on the what? No. Uh, <laughs> turn this smile on the dial. Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah. I'll, yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, but, yeah, we got to get sad because there, <sighs> there was a travesty, Mike. There was a travesty between you and me. And... We need to talk about it. There was a travesty. I am calling it the travesty of early August uh, 2017. And what has happened is you are in the United States. You are in not only these United States of America. You are in the same state, which is actually Commonwealth, but that's not the point. The same state as I was for a very brief window of time. You crossed an ocean to come to the same state I was in. And I promptly vacated the state. And I hate myself for it. But this is what happens when the uh, individuals that run the DC Pen Show do not consult with me before deciding on a schedule for the DC Pen Show. Casey, the individuals that run the DC Pen Show, they consulted with nobody before they did it. It was an administrative disaster. <laughs> but seriously, it made me sick. I think one time, I don't know if I have a screenshot or not, but I think one time I did actually try to get a screenshot. I'll have to dig it up if I, if I have it. To get a screenshot of, uh, of you and me on Find My Friends and looking at how close we were to each other. And yet, so very far away. Mm-hmm. Do you know terrible. who? Do you know who I, I saw? Underscore. He made the effort. Oh, that's a ha- that's so harsh because he's <laughs> right around the corner. You big jerk. Ah. <laughs> uh. So anyway, I just wanted to recognize publicly that I am ashamed that you were mm-hmm. in the same state as I was, and I was not able to see you. The reason being, we were going, um, we were going on our beach vacation. I hand yeah. on heart. I think I told you this privately. I had been uh, quizzing Mike, probably. 
oddly so about his specific schedule for the first couple of days that he was in Virginia, trying to quietly figure out if there was a way in which I could just surprise him like he did to me. And I don't know if you picked up on that or not, but... um, mm, but I, I don't think so. Okay. But I was trying very hard to figure out a way to make that work, and I just couldn't. And and I really, as much as I'm joking around about it, I'm really kind of sick to my stomach that I didn't get a chance to see you when so you were when you if were it makes you feel any better... Mm-hmm. I was way busier at that show than I was expecting. Well, I was thinking so, about coming up Thursday or whatever day it was you got in the D.C. area. I was thinking about yeah. like, meeting you that evening. And I figured that was rolling the dice because I wasn't even going to tell Tiff or anything. I was just going to do it and see what happened. But as it turned out, um, we had a small family emergency that day. So that didn't – I mean, everything's fine now. But but it would have been doubly terrible if I had gone up, uh, although I couldn't have known that in advance. And we were planning and packing for the beach vacation, and it just didn't work out. But I, I am again all all jokes okay. and look, hitting. Don't aside. worry about it. As I said, look, I, I was so I was super busy at the DC Pen show. Like it was really mega, uh, more so than I expected. So it's I don't even know how much time we would have even been able to spend together if you would have come by. So yeah, fair enough. Don't worry. Don't worry yourself. We'll do it again, Casey. We'll work now, it out. What episode of your fine podcast uh, uh, that? name is escaping me the pen show god what is the name of that the pen, di- pen l- digest no the pen digest no that's yep, not right keep going yeah that's what no that's what it's called the pen digest <laughs> it, with, it, with, with mike a, and brad downey <laughs> yeah that's we're gonna it. cut all that we're gonna cut no, all it's that in, man. no no we're cutting it all pen digest uh, i didn't even have to go to the i, I loaded the, the relay homepage before uh-huh. it came to me but i didn't have okay. to actually look for Adam. i will give you editors priority on this one mm-hmm. no we got to cut that except maybe yeah that's I'm, just, I'm giving you editors priority like i'm gonna let i'm gonna let it be cut all right. Anyway, uh, the point I'm driving at, well, I'll just leave, no, we can leave it in because, you know, this is part of the show is me being an idiot sometimes. Uh, so anyway, maybe all the time. Anyway, uh, which okay. episode of your fine podcast, which I know without any question is called The Pen Addict, did you discuss this very pen show? You recorded one when um, you were there. Yeah, it was across two, but I reckon 269 is best because that okay. was after the show and we kind of were reflecting on it. So that might be the better one to listen okay. to. I'll put a link in the show notes if people are interested. Yes, please. So we don't need to discuss it too much more now, but very, very briefly and broadly, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was really fun. I'm pleased that we did it. How was the train? Do you know what? The train was really nice. We took the Amtrak. I think it's called the mm-hmm. Excella. Is mm-hmm. the is the train or Acella. the line or mm-hmm. something? Acella. Um, from uh, Penn Station, yep. which yep. I didn't like, to uh, Union <laughs> Station in D.C., which I did like. Those, the, the, those two train stations really kind of were on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, but the train itself was a, was a really nice trip. Like, I thought that it was really good. Like yeah. it, it was a nice way to travel, considering if I flew, it probably would have been a similar amount of time, you know, including airport time. And the train seats were bigger, you know, like you have more space than you do, and there was nice scenery. And yeah, it, w- it was actually, a, I'm pleased that we did that, because that, that was a good way to travel. No, I've never t- taken the Acela. Um, it's funny because, and this is probably interesting to nobody, but here we go. Uh, the the train tracks that run from probably Boston or Maine or something like that, but especially New York to D.C., those are all owned by Amtrak. Amtrak is the slightly government-sponsored uh, railway company line, whatever, here in the States. However, south of D.C., so if I was going to go to D.C., um, then I, I would be traveling on train tracks that are owned by a freight train company called CSX. And so my understanding is 
it is a nightmare if you were to say continue from DC down to me by train. It is a nightmare to do that because I guess the trains, like the passenger trains, just need to pull over or something. I'm not entirely clear how that works when a freight train needs near needs to go by. And so because of that, um, what you experienced was probably, uh, at least to my knowledge, the best and quickest train travel that anyone can experience in the entire United States is the corridor between DC, New York, and Boston. Many people have said to me, like I've mentioned that I was doing this, and many people were like, oh, that's a good one. Yep. Which is a strange thing to me, because I'm like, well, I mean, how different can different train? What well, turns oh, out very different, yeah. right? Yeah, well, that's the thing, is that one of the things I love about Europe is that, and, and this is not only England, but, but Europe as, as a whole, is that train travel is a thing, and you can actually get places by train. And it's, uh, at least the way I remember it, it is, it's affordable and reasonably quick. And that makes me so jealous because outside of what you did, train travel in the United States is both expensive and slow and not very convenient. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's talk about something that is the opposite of all of those things. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Squarespace. Enter the offer code FEELS at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. You can make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create the website that you need for your next idea or project. With a unique domain name, award-winning templates, a 24-7 customer support team, and more, they are the perfect place for your next project. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. They've got everything covered. They are the all-in-one platform that will let you put anything that you need onto the internet. Maybe you want to make an online store. Maybe you want to make a portfolio. Maybe you want to make a gallery. Maybe you want to make a blog. Maybe you want to make a music site. Maybe you want to make it. No matter what it is, <laughs> we could go on forever and ever because Squarespace will let you do it. Do you want to know what I'm doing right now, Mr. Casey Liss? Are you working with the Squarespace site? I am building a wedding site on Squarespace. Uh, of course you are. That was the obvious answer I didn't consider. And I have been... Just, I've not built a site on Squarespace from scratch for a while, and I'm so impressed. I'm just so impressed by everything. It's so easy to do, and I I really love the templates. I really love that they come kind of pre-filled, and then you can go in and edit them because it, at least something like the wedding site, I don't really know what to put on it. Um, and having the template already be pre-filled with information that, that is like for a demo couple is really good. What I also like is, even though I'm on, I'm just on the free trial right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign up for a plan once I finished it. I can still send the link to Adina, and she just has to put in like a code, and then she can use it. So even though it's a free trial, it exists on the web for people to look at it. So those free trials, you can sign up, no credit card required. Just go and play around with it and make sure it's right for you. And then when, like me, you're all done and you want to put it live, well, you can do that. It, Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, and you can get 10% of your first purchase with the offer code FEELS, F-E-E-L-S, F-E-E-L-S. And you'll also be showing your support for analog if you do that. I'm going to have to really roll the dice on what code I use. We'd like to thank Squarespace <laughs> for their support. Make your next move. Make your next website. Excellent. So you had some questions about traveling in general. I guess we, we like to, to, to kind of come back to these every now and then about kind of how we travel. And it's good because I think maybe some of my answers have changed. Yeah. So uh, let me set some context here. Uh about a month ago, when are we, end of August? Two months ago. Uh, God, it feels like it was not that long ago. Anyway, uh, Aaron and I went on a 10th anniversary trip to Chicago. And I don't recall how much we spoke about this on the show. I don't think it was very much. But generally speaking, when Aaron and I travel, we are of the go, go, go variety. And it's how many things can we do? How quickly can we accomplish them? We want to do all the things and experience as much as we possibly can. Go, 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 go. And when we went to Chicago, 
we had a very different approach, which was each day we basically had one thing that we wanted to accomplish that generally speaking would not require an entire day. And the rest of the time we just kind of winged it and did whatever we felt like doing. And I thought it would be interesting to talk to you about whether or not you've, well, how you travel, whether or not you travel in the go, go, go way, or if you travel in the, yeah, let's just kind of let this happen to me kind of way and, and, and how nervous and, and excitable a traveler you are. So let's start with, you know, how, how do you find yourself traveling these days? Like for, let's take this America trip, for example, it sounds like you've got a lot on the agenda, but it's spread across quite a lot of time. So would you say this is a, every minute is planned you know, we, there's no time to be spared or is it more of a, well, I got a couple things to accomplish, but otherwise it's kind of whatever. It really depends where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Like there are some places that I'll go to where I feel like I have to accomplish a bunch of things, but then there are some places where I just want to chill out. And like, this is even happening on this trip, right? Where I'm like, well, someday at some weeks of this trip there's things that i have to do and i have to go out and do them and do them to my best and there are some times where i'm like i'm just gonna take it easy like when i take my vacation at the end of this whole long trip Mm -hmm. i am planning to do as little as humanly possible um (laughs) because i've been pretty busy the last couple of weeks and i'm moving all over the place so uh i think i do think that as i've gotten older i have become more inclined to if i'm going on a on a vacation to do nothing um, I, I've really come around to the idea of beach holidays as a thing, <laughs> which is something I've never wanted to do, but I'm, I'm, I have more come around to that over time. Fair enough. Yeah. And speaking of beach holidays, uh, we mentioned earlier that that's actually what Aaron and I were just doing is a beach vacation. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that was very much a, you know, let's just kind of let it wash over us. And, and that is kind of punny, but you know what I mean? You know, let's just let the vacation happen and, and see what, what, what we get into each day, which is very different because generally speaking, when we vacationed in the past, you know, it was, everything was planned down to the last moment. And, and it's actually, Chicago especially, was very refreshing to just kind of let it go and just figure out what you want to do right before you want to do it. And on the one side, I... I don't regret it. Regret is a very negative word, but I I lament a little bit that I didn't get to see more of Chicago because we saw very little of Chicago. But on the plus side, it was a relaxing, chill vacation. And we got to see some friends and we got to do things that we'd not done, um, both as a couple and indiv- in- individually. By that, I mean, you know, there were certain things that I'd done in the past that Aaron hadn't. And then there were things that neither of us had done before. Um, and so I- I'm hopeful that because of this, I'm going to be a little more chill in the future. For example, you know, if, if we're able to hopefully make it to your wedding, um, you know, at Wembley, then hopefully I'll be able to be a little more relaxed about that trip and not plan, you know, 13 excursions and 14, you know, museums, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. all, all around your wedding. So we'll see. Uh, if, if you're invited, of course. It, it, yes, if I'm invited. Well, yeah. I can be. Mm-hmm. I can. I can dress in a green suit and be the queen if I need to. Um, but <laughs> when you when you're actually in the act of traveling, in the past, I, I feel like you and I are both reformed nervous travelers. Is that fair to say? Because I am. Well, mm, I'm still fairly nervous, but compared to how I was, I am a, a full on like stoner because I was just a Tasmanian <laughs> devil by by comparison. Wow, these these metaphors you're using today are rather eclectic. Um, I would say 
that I am now more of a prepared traveler than before Mm -hmm. in that like i am a nervous traveler can be a nervous traveler but i have learned how to deal with this and how to like just get everything set so i know how long it takes to get to certain places i know what i need to be doing in the airport like i have a system and as long as i follow the system i'm all good that's fair yeah and i think i'm relatively similar to that as well um it's it's funny though because i I used to be the kind that would get to the airport just comically early. In fact, I've probably told this story at some I point. Still I, that, well, I still do that, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, to put things in perspective, so I, I, I apologize because, like I said, I think I've told this story. But in short, uh, when we did our baby moon four years before we actually had a baby, um, we were flying out of Dulles, which is a two-hour drive uh, north of us, into Heathrow. But the problem with that two-hour drive is that it can be two hours or it can be four or five hours, depending on what time of day you're doing it. And we had a red eye, which means I think departure time was 1030 or 11 at night. And I think we arrived at Dulles at a little bit after one, a little bit after two, something like that in the afternoon, because I just, I couldn't handle it. I just needed to be there. And I am much better now than I was then in 2010. But I still tend to be there to be at an airport earlier than most. You know, I like to be there at least an hour and a half, usually two hours for a domestic flight, at least three hours for a international flight. And so I'm getting better, but I got a long way to go. I still do the two and three. Yeah. yeah that is what is recommended, though. <laughs> but I do give myself a padding. Like if I'm traveling to the airport from home, if like I'm getting the train or whatever, give myself a padding of somewhere between 45 to 60 minutes. So I usually get a bit of extra time. But like when I go uh, back to, because I'm in Memphis right now. I don't know if I mentioned that. If I, I don't oh, yeah. think I've actually I mentioned that during that. this week's episode. <laughs> right now I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, and I'm, I'm in Stephen's office right now. I'm recording from Relay of World Headquarters. So I'm flying back to New York in a couple of days. Uh, by the time I you hear this, I will already be back in New York again. Um, and I'm planning on being at the airport two hours before, like whatever. And Stephen's going to drive me. He knows how long it's to take. I'm just going to leave it with him to plan that, right? Like he knows. So I'm, I'm happy to leave that in his hands. But if I'm on my own, it's a different story. But I did, you know, when I when I flew to Memphis from New York, I got to the airport two hours before. Like it, it worked great. Yeah, yeah. All right. So speaking of, tell me how New York was. How was John's of Bleecker Street? So all right, just please, just how just. Don't freak out. All right. Just just relax for a second. I have not been there yet, but okay, look, I have like a whole there is I have lots of plans when I get back there and there is like a specific plan to go there on a day with one of my friends. Like it is happening. I am going to go there. Okay. All right. All you, right. you realize if you fail me on this, it's going to I'm, be as look, though you flew to Virginia yeah, and I then know, I didn't I show up. I understand. I, <laughs> I'm going to do this just for you, right? So the thing was, I, there was a couple of pizza places that I wanted to go to, and John's of Bleecker fits better within all of the plans and where I'm going to be over the other week than it did in the first week that I was there. All right. I'll allow it. This is important, though. You got to go. I know. Look, I'm going to eat pizza there. Like, don't worry. Pizza will be consumed in this heavenly mecca that you have well, put at across. This, like, at this point, there is no chance that you're going to like it because I've, I've painted it as such. All right. Well, here's the thing. I'm, you know what? I'm probably going to like it, but I'm going to go, like, I've had pizza like this. Probably. 
This is this is what's going to end up. I'm yeah. going to be like, this is good pizza, and then that's where it stops. This is what I expect is going to happen. But I am going to eat at this place because I know how much it means to you. Yeah, you know you what? You can it is? eat vicariously through me. <laughs> oh God, if only. Uh, I I feel like this is going to be. This is basically the Firefly of restaurants, right? Because I've pitched and and pimped Firefly so heavily that oh, it, it it's the you best TV have, show ever. You have pimped this pizza place harder than Firefly. Well, it, and it's important to me. And and I think for the record, at least I don't have to eat there every two weeks for the next <laughs> six months. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, sir. Uh, you have to, uh, you collective, you have to understand that um, that this was a pizza place that I've been to since I was probably Declan's age, and so a lot of my love for it is probably nostalgia that I just don't realize. You know, it, or I, I don't realize. Let me rephrase that. I don't realize that a lot of the love I have for this is actually nostalgia, not necessarily the quality of the food. Now, I've sent a lot of people to this pizza place, and mm-hmm. including you know people that you and I both know, like Matt Panzerino. Uh, I'm pretty sure I insisted that he went there and. And had eventually sent me a text saying, uh, oh, that was really good. So it's not that it's, you know, only good in, in, as, as a piece of nostalgia. But I, I wonder if the nostalgia is what's cranking it from, you know, like a, a four-star pizza place to a, you know, five, five maybe even six-star pizza place on a scale of five. You know what I mean? I think so. You said a lot of numbers, but I think I'll follow you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so tell me about New York. I want to talk to you about the New York subway. Okay. Tell me. It ain't no tube, man. I'm just going to say it. Look, New Yorkers, you have lots of things going for you. The efficiency and ease of use of your subway system is not one of these things. I'm just going to say it. Paper tickets. What What is going on? Paper tickets in 2017? You're aware that in the tube, I pay to get in with my Apple Watch. It just debits my bank account, right? Like it just tra- it's just a card transaction. I should at least have some kind of plastic card if I'm going to be buying a 30-day card or whatever. Paper tickets? Is it really paper? What is that all about? Yeah, they're paper. Well, it used to be like this kind of super, super thin plastic the last time I was up there and got a nope, metro card. paper. Straight up like just cardboard paper, like, thi- mm. like thick cardstock with a magnetic stripe on it. Mm. Do not understand what's going on well, there. You know, Here's you, another well, thing. Hold on. Hold on. Before you continue, you have to understand that New York is a very old city. And I know that London is not very old by comparison, oh, but New Casey. York is a very old city. What and- are you doing to me? I don't even, I can't, I know this is, I just don't even know how to respond to something like this. <laughs> that, uh, was, that was maximum trolling right there. Oh, my word. You know, like, I don't know the actual dates, but I wonder if we have, like, tube lines that, that are older than New York City. Actually, no joke, that would not surprise me at all. As, as much as I I'm wonder. giving you grief, that very huh. much would not surprise me. That would be kind of funny if, like, there are tunnels that are older. It, it yeah. would be pos- possible. I'm not going to look this up, but maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe that will come in for follow-up. Here's another thing. To, to accurately traverse the New York subway... You have to have a constant sense of whether you are going uptown or downtown. If yes. you do not know the answer to that, you cannot get anywhere. Like, it's mind-numbing to me. All of, There are no, like... So, there are maps, but the maps are basically impossible to read, right? Because the map of the New York subway is designed geographically, right? Like, it's right. la- it's, it's, it's laid out closer to the actual geographic representation of New York City. That is the wrong way to do a subway map. Like, the, the subway map in London is pseudo-geographically, where they space things out so it's easier to read. 
as opposed to overlaying it on top of a map of London. Did you know that was the case? I knew that New York was very close to geographic. It's been a long time since I've been, it's been since 2010 that I've been in the tube in London. So I didn't like that. So, and also just, I find the the maps not simple to read. Uh, and when you're going to get on a tube, when you're going to the platform, right, you see by the door, by the gate, whatever, these lovely maps, which is just one single line or like of the color of the train that you're about to get on and all of the stops that you're going to face. That is not present. All that is present is like one, two, three, uptown Seventh (laughs) Avenue. It's like, what does this mean? I don't know where I'm going. And there is multiple times in the space of a week that I would get onto a platform and I'm on the wrong place. And then there are a bunch of stations where if you're on the platform, well, that's it. Right, you can't cross to the other side. I had to walk three blocks underground to leave a station to then come out onto the street in Times Square, walk three blocks back and cross over the road. What is this? I don't understand. Look, New York, I love I love New York and I have a lot of great things to say about New York, but your subway system, it is no bueno. I just in a general like the way things are organized. Things that are good about the New York subway system, air-conditioned trains. And in most places, there is cell reception. But that's all I have. Oh, not all of the trains have maps that show you where you're going to be and what's next. It's just like, here is a map, right? Some of the older ones, it's just like, here's a map. And there's no, like, at least in whilst we have the maps, right? We just have just plain maps on the walls. There are these little LCD screens that tell you the stations. Some of the older trains don't have that. And then also, because they're older, the sounds of the uh, the, the, the announcers, they're not very clear. And then Whoa, all of the station... Stop. Not very clear not. is is a gross understatement. It is completely and utterly okay, good, unintelligible good, good, good. on the older This is cars. what I wanted. Thank you so much. Uh, and then also, the, the train stations, they're not clearly marked with the name. <laughs> it's really difficult to see. Now, look, I am privileged in the sense that I grew up with the tube in the London Underground because it is an incredible system. But I just need to let you know, New Yorkers, your subway system is very confusing and that's all I have to say on the matter. And I will accept no feedback on this matter if you are from New York. I do not want it. So in your defense, this post is from 2011, which is before we knew each other. And it's on my Tumble log, which I haven't paid any attention to in at least three years. However, I wrote a post that's entitled Navigating New York Subways, New York City Subways 101 as taught by a Virginian. It goes through everything you need to know about how to navigate the subway in the span of probably 200 words. It is, and I understand why you're saying it's confusing and weird, but really all, all it boils down to when you're in Manhattan anyway is... Yeah, this going, is all the stuff that I needed to know. Yeah, are you going uptown or downtown? Are you downtown? Yeah, exactly. Are you going uptown or downtown? Do you can you use an express train? And in very rare oh, circumstances, oh, express trains! This was a new thing. I ended up in Brooklyn by accident. <laughs> <sighs> oh my 
word. Yep. Yeah. So it's up or downtown, express or not. And in very, very rare circumstances, you actually, and, and this is only in Manhattan, other boroughs, totally different. But in Manhattan, in very rare circumstances, you need to actually pay attention to what train number or letter you're on. Usually, though, when you're in Manhattan, that's not terribly important. And they only, and the train number or letter only diverges once you're off Manhattan. But you should read this before you return to the great city of New York. I do understand and largely don't have any problem with most of the things you just said, but it's actually far more simple than you would think. So I have... It's not as simple, but it's not as simple as as the tube. It's just not, right? Like, I don't think you need... I mean, it's definitely not like ABC moving around. Like, you need some instructions. But so many of these things have been solved with the, the, the tube. Like, they just have. And the one thing that that is arguably far less important, but I could not agree with you more, is how are paper or plastic or whatever tickets still a thing it in 2017? Make sense to me. It's barbaric. But now, I know that, like, America seems to completely misunderstand Ugh. what contactless cards are all about, which mm-hmm. is another big thing that I've been dealing with over the last few weeks. Um, just these, these readers that just say, do not tap or do not insert the card it's just whatever but the fact that there isn't even something like an oyster card which is like which is a a card that 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 we have in london where you get to just have a plastic card which you can top up or put a travel card on which is a long-term pass and you just beep it and go through the barriers i mean let alone the fact that those barriers turnstiles what's going on (laughs) yeah like the new york subway is incredibly useful and I'm so happy that I was in a city that had it because from the from a fact of connecting you around the city, it's very much like London. I could get anywhere I needed to go. It was brilliant. But yeah. there are just so many things about navigating it for a Londoner are baffling. And, and, and it's purely because – now, someone who doesn't have a subway would find it easier than me. I have preconceived notions of how to do this. Like yeah. – I was just like looking at my location, seeing the name of the train and just going underground, which is not the way to do it if yeah. you've never done it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I will completely accept that a lot of this was on me for not preparing properly, but I still maintain that I don't think I should have to. So look, New Yorkers, mm. I have nice things to say about your city. I do. I love it. I love it there. I love it so much. But this is not one of those things. And I think I should take a break so everyone can calm down and then we can talk about what I love. (laughs) Yes, please. I got a headache now. Today's show is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system in the process. How do they do this? How do they support this food system? Well, they make sure that they work with fantastic suppliers to get incredibly fresh, beautiful ingredients. They work with sustainability. They work with practices set out by food agencies. Like They really pay a lot of attention to make sure that the food that you get is great for you and great for the people that they're buying it from. Blue Apron's Freshest Guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Every Blue Apron meal costs less than $10 a meal and can be made in 40 minutes or less. Then they all come with these fantastic step-by-step recipe cards so you can follow along and all of the ingredients are pre-portioned. What that means is you get the exact amount of each ingredient that you need for the recipe. This reduces food waste and makes it way easier to understand how to cook the food 
because you only get what you need for the recipes. Very, very cool, very useful. means that you're not going to have a ton of stuff sitting in the kitchen, in the cupboards forever, because there's that one ingredient you needed that one time. You don't have to go down to the store to buy an entire bulb of garlic just because you need one clove. Bulb and clove, these are new words that I've used <laughs> since cooking for myself. You can choose from a variety of new recipes every week or let Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you, and you can also give them your dietary preferences. Right now, you can cook meals like whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with air loom tomato caprese salad, meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese, or miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charm tomatoes. I nearly said tomatoes, Casey. This is how bad it's gotten. There's no weekly <laughs> commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. Check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with your first purchase, including free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash analog. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals at Blue Apron. So go get started today at blueapron.com slash analog. We thank Blue Apron for their support of this show. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So tell me some good things about New York because now I'm all grumpy. So I just want to say that uh, Jay Nerdy in the chat room is saying that daily passes and single ride are paper, so the Metro cards in New York, and re- there are reloadable ones that are thin plastic. Okay, that's what I was thinking um, of. But I got a week-long pass, and it was paper. So I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about good things about New York. Food. Of oh. course. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, London's food scene is getting way better. It's getting closer to New York, right? Well, can I stop you right there? Because I have to say, in the defense of your fine country, that before we went in 2010, I think I've made the speech to you before, before we went in 2010, everyone You've was You've made like, it to me many yeah, times. Yeah, oh, the food in Britain is terrible. It's all crap. It, I loved almost every meal I had there. And, and even something as simple as like bangers and mash, which is sausage mm-hmm. and uh, mashed potatoes, was phenomenal. So I, I don't, I don't want you to sell your fine city and country. No, down. no. But the, 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 the thing is, is that you're focusing on like the, the British stuff. Like I'm talking about, just like in general. Like if you want to get a cheeseburger, like a really good cheeseburger, mm-hmm. you can go to tons of places in London and you will get a fantastic burger, right? Like, sure, we are becoming more rounded, and you know, there's more like fancy hipstery stuff and whatever. But the food in New York, man. Wow, that is next level. I found a great bagel place. It was called Best <laughs> oh, Bagels. Good, good, good. And I got an everything bagel with cream cheese four days in a row because for me, it's maybe one of the best things you can eat. An everything bagel with cream cheese. Oh my god! When they have like when the, when the everything bagel has like garlic in it and salt in it, which this place did. My God, I am I want one right now, and I cannot wait so to I. go back to eat more of them. Yeah. Coffee. Loads of great coffee. Blue Bottle. I haven't had Blue Bottle coffee in forever because we wouldn't go to San Francisco. I love the iced coffee, the New Orleans that Blue Bottle does, and they do a ginger molasses cookie that I love so much, and I could get those. Then I stumbled across this place called Blue Stone Lane. In Foursquare, everybody said, get the Australian iced latte. So I said, okay. So I went in, and I said, I'll have an Australian iced latte, please. And they said, okay, and they took my money. And what I was given was an iced latte with a scoop of vanilla ice cream in it. What? It was incredible. Wow, that was so good. I had a few of those. I only had the big one that one time. Every other time I got the small one because I was basically vibrating uh, from the sugar and the caffeine. It was so good. I Bluestone Lane had really great coffee, though. I bought some of their beans and had them ground to bring with me to Memphis. 
um, while I was here, so I had some coffee. Uh, I had some amazing pizza in the mm. West Village, mm. a place called Pizza Loves Emily. We waited for nearly two hours for a table in this place. Whoa! But it was yeah, it was aggressive. They had a really great bar, so it was fine. We were oh, just hanging okay. out. Okay. Um, we knew we were going to be waiting. Couldn't get a reservation. Like we knew what the situation was going in. And the bar was great, so we were just hanging out in the bar. Um, but the the pizza was so good. Like this, this like Sicilian style. I think they called it Detroit style, which I'd never come across before. But it's like Sicilian, right? Square kind of deep dish. I had we had some things there that were just incredible. There was one of them. It had uh, I can't remember exactly what it had in it now, but it was it was pretty spicy. Um. And I, I'm not so good with spicy food, like to to eat it, like it it affects my tongue quite badly. Mm-hmm. I was eating this pizza in pain because it was that good. <laughs> like seriously, just incredible pizza there. Like I absolutely loved it. So there's a couple of them I think in New York. Oh so no, no, I there's it. certainly as much as I think that John's no, no, is no. the best. There. Oh, you mean a couple of uh, Emily of this place or Pizza Love is Emily? Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So now, I recommend that. Have you had any pizza that is just obscenely thin that you really need to kind of fold in half in order to consume? Because that's what you're going to get at John's. Thin. I mean, I've I've had that before though, right? Like I've had that before in other like pizza places in sure. New York okay. City. And I went to this like place, uh, like a pizza place. I can't even remember the name of it near where I was staying, and I. I had like a pepperoni pizza and it was great like it was just simple and it was great and i loved it like mm. this is what i love about uh new york it feels like any pizza you get is good like any doesn't yep. matter what it is like any pizza is good yep, yep, yep. um it, whether it costs a dollar or ten dollars like it's all fantastic so the food i mean uh, we had tacos and tacos tacos <laughs> i hate that word i can't say it there's no good way for me to say it so i had those they were real good like in, in a place in brooklyn um the food man and I've got more, and like what I what I've been doing is like trying a cup, like just basically setting up some dinners with some friends, and I'm just like, take me to your favorite place. That like, is I don't, brilliant. That's no what joke. I want to do. That's because freaking brilliant. I I know a bunch of people that live in New York, so I'm just like, like I'm like, should we get dinner? Like, yeah, where do you want to go? I'm like, no, you take me somewhere. Like, I want to go where you want to take me. Like, I want to try it all. So I've been great with that. It's been really great. Plus, New York. So I love New York in general. I'm so happy I've been able to spend a bunch of time in there. It's really nice because I know a bunch of people there. So like I haven't been bored. I haven't felt lonely. Like it was really, I felt really occupied, even though I spent a ton of time on my own. So like it was kind of like I would work in the daytime on my own. And then in the evenings, I always had something to do. It was great. Like I've spent an entire week there and it just felt like normal. I enjoyed walking around and exploring New York more. Um, I went out to Brooklyn, kind of went some places in Brooklyn, went out to the to the uh, West Village. That was really nice. Um, I'm staying in the East Village for a few days in a couple of weeks' time, so that's going to be cool. Um, yeah, and I went for some meetings. I got to visit Spotify and ABC News. Nice. So that was really nice. I got to have some tours there and meet some people. That was really cool. I love New York. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry about your subway system. I'm sorry about everything that I said. Like, but I really, I just, I, I enjoy that city so much, Casey. Like, it's fantastic. There. Yeah. And staying in Times Square, whilst bonkers, I think was good for that week because I'm so well connected to everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was great. Yeah, you know, the way you talk about New York, I feel like is the way I feel about London because 
though I didn't grow yeah, up I understand in, that. you know, even though I didn't grow up in New York, I grew up constantly going into New York. Uh, my grandparents lived there for a very long time. Actually, uh, a couple of them are back there now. Um, I used to go in as a high schooler. We were a uh, Metro North ride into the city and the commuter rail ride into the city. And so I would go in with my friends because my parents are insane and let me do that. And, you know, I've been in and out of New York my entire life. And so I know New York pretty darn well for someone who has not ever lived there. And I freaking love London. And I feel like it's a very, it's not, you know, it's not apples to apples, but it's a very similar situation. No, I feel like if you love one, you'd love the other. Like, I I feel Mm -hmm. like that they go hand in hand in that way. They they have their differences and you can like or dislike some things over the other, but they're they're close enough, right? Yeah. So, but that isn't all that I've been doing though, right? Like, I haven't just been in New York. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been in Memphis for a few days, which has been very nice. I love Memphis, too. Like, what I like about Memphis is the pace of life. Everyone's so chilled here, like, in a way that I've never really experienced before. And I guess that's, like, a South thing. But, like, everyone's (laughs) so nice, and people are always visiting with each other and, like, doing things, and, like, we just go hang out, and, like, there's... It's so relaxed, and people are just nice, and I like that a lot. Like that is a that is a real thing that every time I come here, I'm always taken aback by that. Like this just overall general niceness of people. Um, uh, th- that is just a real fantastic thing. And plus, it's been, I've been staying with the Hackett's, and they are fantastic hosts. Um, and I've it's been nice to spend time like a, a big bunch of time with them. So that's been really nice for me too, just to be able to do that and. Uh, I follow Stephen around and live his life for a few days, which is fun. <laughs> I just go everywhere he goes. It's great. Uh, that's got to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I'm back to New York on Friday. Um, I'm going to be in a couple of different places. I'm going to be in Brooklyn, going to a bunch of wrestling, and then I'm uh, going to be working, and then I'm going to stay for a few days in the East Village before Adina comes out and we go on vacation. I'm like, I feel like I may be halfway through this trip now. <laughs> no, not not nearly. Actually, not at all. Uh, I am uh, about a third of the way through it. God, it feels like you should be halfway. Yeah, well, halfway is pretty much like next week, like maybe end of this week, beginning of next week is about halfway. Because I left, I left on the second, and I get home on the sixth. Hmm. That's five weeks. So golly. So, I'm only two two and a half weeks in. Was the first laundry you did when you were at Stevens? I don't want to talk about laundry. I I know that there were some discussions about this on some of your other shows, but that's fine. Yeah. No, I did I did some laundry in New York and I'm doing some laundry here, but I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> I'm sorry if I stepped in it, my word. Mm-hmm. It's just, just a whole thing. It's just a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I can't get into it. So you've been gone for not even halfway. It feels like forever. How's Adina doing? And how are you doing with uh, not seeing Adina for all this time? She seems fine. Um, she's had her mom with her this week. Oh, nice. So, she's, so that was nice. So, you know, we've got now like another couple of weeks. So that this is the telling part. For me, I definitely feel it, but I have enough variation in my life right now that it's tricking myself. Because you're distracted a lot? Well, it's not that I'm just distracted. I'm distracted with massive changes of scenery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, like, it almost feels like 
I've been in America for four days mm-hmm. because that was when I got to Memphis. So, like, there is a, a part of me that's tricking myself. But I am feeling it. I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, we've had one FaceTime and we're texting and stuff. Uh, but it's tricky for us to, to call, like, to do the FaceTime calls and stuff on a time that works for us both because we're both pretty busy or whatever and right. it's a time difference. That it's just like, you know, we're just sending text messages to each other. I don't feel like I've had a proper conversation. Like, I, I don't feel like we're really talking yeah, but that's yeah. just how it is, right? Because there's only so much you can say over text message, especially when the text messages seem to be broken up by like big spans of time. There isn't really a lot of conversation to be had. Um, so, yeah, it's just something to me to think about. But also, I've I've personally just tried to make sure that I'm holding those things back as much as possible so I can deal with anything that comes up. So, like, let's say over the, let's say in, over the next seven days, like the homesickness becomes bad. Well, then we can amp up the calls to try and see if that makes it better, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I've kind of been trying to balance it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I hope it does. All right. So tell me about something that's unequivocally awesome. I want to talk to you about Away, Casey Liss. That's where you are right now. Uh, it, it is true, but Away <laughs> is also... I take, Do you know what? I saw an Away store in New York. That oh, yeah? was fun. That's I was awesome. like, look, I know those guys. Your luggage shouldn't cost more than your plane ticket. That's what Away believes. So that's why they make smart premium suitcases for under $300. Go to awaytravel.com slash analog and browse Away's suitcases. They're all made with premium German polycarbonate, which is unrivaled in strength and impact resistance and still lightweight. Away offers four sizes of suitcase, the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large, and they have nine great colors for you to choose from. All of their suitcases feature a patent-pending compression system which is great if you're an overpacker and four 360 degree spinner wheels as well they're all com- all of the carry-ons are compliant with major u.s airlines and they have tsa combination locks built in they have a removable washable laundry bag which is awesome so you can separate your clean clothes from your warm ones and also you can never forget that they have that the car- in the carry-ons the usb port with the battery in it so you can charge your devices whilst traveling did you hear i said battery there casey instead of battery yeah see this is what i'm talking about a single charge of the away carry-on can provide enough battery power battery power to charge your phone five times over you're never going to be without power whilst traveling again let me tell you i have an away carry-on case right which i love i didn't bring that case because i needed to bring a suitcase that i could fit four or five weeks well i mean like two weeks of clothing in it right Mm. and i only have the carry-on boy did i miss that battery let me tell you and the laundry bag i've had to like find some weird carrier bag thing in the hotel like this is no good like i need what i need now is to get one of the bigger away cases so that's on my list of things to buy in the future adina just got one she got the minion yellow one i'm excited to see how that travels with her um but she got the she ended up getting the the big one that well she got the medium i think because she's only a small person. Away believe in the quality of their products. They offer a lifetime guarantee. If anything breaks, they'll fix or replace it for life. And they also have a 100-day trial with no questions asked return policy with free shipping on any order within the lower 48 states of the U.S. But they do ship to multiple destinations around the world as well, so you can get that if you would like. Travel smarter with a suitcase that charges your phone. To find out more, about away go to awaytravel.com analog and if you use the code analog at checkout you'll get twenty dollars 
off any of their suitcases. That's awaytravel.com slash analog and the code analog for $20 off. Thank you so much to Away for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Casey Liss, it is time for Firefly Viewing Club. And today we're going to talk about episode eight, Out of Gas. Mm-hmm. Before we do, though, I want to give a quick Firefly scheduling note. Yes. So everybody that's playing along at home. On our next episode, which comes out on in uh, the first weekend of September, I am not going to be on the show because I'm going to be on vacation. So Stephen Hackett is going to be filling in. You will not be watching Firefly with him. I mean, you can choose to if you want to, but then I will be talking about it with you when you come back, so it seems like a bit of a waste because I want to make sure that I'm on all the Firefly episodes. So you guys are going to be talking about whatever you guys are going to be talking about. Um, but the next time that we will be talking about Firefly will be on the episode that will be coming out on September the 16th. So everybody gets a break. So a six, a 17th. So everybody gets a break uh, for an episode whilst uh, we do not talk about it. So, so there you go. Indeed. All right. So as per usual, uh, why don't you start me out with what you thought about this episode, which very briefly I thought w- I knew but had forgotten until I started watching. It's intense. But what did you think? It is intense. It's a really good one. Uh, it has some swerves in it, which I like. Um, it has a lot more story development. It has more of like how did the crew come together. It is really interesting to me and kind of bittersweet that like we're at like episode eight, so probably halfway now, and they're still doing the – um getting to know everyone Mm -hmm. thing but this is half of all they'll ever be yeah it's 14 is the last one so we are uh we are in the second half now do you know what i mean so like we're in the second half of this thing ending like towards the end and it's like we're still learning about our characters and that's you know that's it's kind of a shame when you think of it like that yeah and i think that's the real travesty of firefly is is to my eyes the the real beauty of the show was the character development and the interplay between the characters. And that's not an original thought by any means, but that's what made it so fascinating. And you're you hit the nail on the head that it's 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 somewhat devastating that we're never we're not really gonna see too much more of that because we're already in the second half of the show. Yeah, so this episode is full of flashbacks and flash forwards and stuff like that. Like it kind of opens and, and it's maybe until about halfway through the episode. You don't know why Mal is injured, you don't know why the ship is in trouble, you don't know why he's walking around with this piece of metal. Right? Like we we're not aware of that. But like they, they go back in time to the point where like there's a disaster, like something happens, everyone's enjoying themselves and having dinner and there's this big explosion. Um, or like fire basically just starts coming down the hallways and like Zoe saves Kaylee which is so obvious for Zoe's character by this point right like she is the hero like she will save people mm-hmm. you know this is what you would expect that she would put um, her kind of herself in her harm's way for everybody else um, and it's actually really good because it there's a lot of like uh, interesting things that happen with Wash and Zoe and Mal in this episode right like because Zoe ends up getting hurt and they take her to the infirmary, there's obviously something wrong with the ship and they need to try and get out of there. So Mal needs Wash to do his job, but but Mal, uh, but Wash just wants to be with his wife who might die. And they have like a big fight, right? Like it's really interesting. And, and then kind of this is throughout the episode, there's this thing that I like that like from this point, like Wash understands that it's for the better, betterment of the crew, right? Like there is a point in the episode where even though Zoe is still in a bad way, 
he's doing things to like help everyone. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like he will like when he's told to leave, he's like, "No, I need to stay and do this before I can. Like I need to help." Like there, he ends up being uh, more like in the mindset of helping everyone rather than just focusing on on obviously the person who's most important to him, but like understanding that there are many lives at play, right? And like, and that's I think what Mal is trying to to say to him, you know, is like. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're going through, but like everyone here is going to die because there's no oxygen on this ship. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's intense and it gets intense real quick. I mean, just like you said, you start out with Mal clearly having an injury to his gut and clearly on death's door and we're not really sure why. So it's, it's, it's intense. And then, you know, I liked the flashback um, where Zoe and Mal, uh, Zoe and Wash meet for the first time, and like she just doesn't like him. <laughs> With that, but he is mustache. weird, right? Oh yeah, yeah mustache, Hawaiian shirts. And he's acting oh, so differently; bad. like he's acting kind of strange, which is kind of interesting. It's like whenever they finally do get together, she kind of straightens him out, you know, like makes him a bit of a more rounded person, I guess. Now I've got to say, I mean, I wonder, can, can you can you guess what my big shock moment is for this episode? Like this, like oh, okay, can you guess what it is? Uh, Kaylee getting hired. Yeah, yeah. It's... We meet Kaylee in an interesting way, right? We like, surely do. Which is very different to the way that her character is portrayed. Yeah. Um, we meet Kaylee because she is caught sleeping with the engine, like the mechanic of the ship that was originally hired. <laughs> And it's like, this is not the person that they have shown us to this point, right? Like, Kaylee is incredibly innocent in this show, or at least is portrayed to be, right? Like, I feel like that's kind of what they're going for with her character. So I really loved this, where it's like, well, just because she is, like, twee and nice, and, like, um, she's she's very, like, simple, and she, you know, like, she has these kinds of characters about her, which appear to show innocence, doesn't mean that she isn't sexual. Right, right. Right? And it's like, that is like, just it's like, what I love about this show is the way that they are playing with the preconceived notions of the characters that they create. And this was another one where I was like, ah, that was unexpected. And I really liked that. I thought that was really good. Yeah, yeah. And and so much of the show, this episode, I should say, it's kind of ups and downs. And and I think that's a common theme throughout all the episodes, but particularly this one where you have all of them joking around and laughing around the table and then the explosion that happens. And then, you know, you see them hire this mechanic or they talk about their genius mechanic and you assume, oh, that's Kaylee. And then it turns out, no, that's some kind of moronic uh, pretty boy that Kaylee ends up yeah. sleeping with. And that's how she gets the job, you know, uh, and because I, she knows how the, she just knows this stuff because she's been around like the mechanics and her family and stuff like that, yeah. which I really liked. Yeah, I also liked uh, you. You kind of talked about it earlier, but uh, when Wash and um, and Mal were arguing about what what Wash should be doing, and you know Mal was saying, "Oh, you should do this," or you know, and he was like, "I've tried everything." And Mal says, "Well, did you try?" And I forget what it was, something about like rewiring the navigation system. Well, why would I do that? And they go back and forth, and then all of a sudden, in the midst of yelling wash realizes why that's a good idea and there's like a beat well maybe i should do that then yeah that's really good that's a good scene i I like that that a lot oh man i also loved and i'm taking some of your thunder away but around this time we find uh the introduction of mal and anara 
And yep. I loved when uh, Inara, toward the end of that conversation, says, you're going to rent the shuttle to me and you're going to do it for a quarter less than you said you, you wanted or something like that. She says it more eloquently, but something along those lines. Yeah, that I I enjoyed that, right? Like I I I was not surprised by their interaction, right? It was kind of the way that I was expecting them to have their interaction, right? If like mm-hmm. this kind of dance between the two of them. Sure. Um which I enjoyed. I I liked that a lot. Uh the, of it, during like the current timeline at this point, everyone's been sent off on shuttles, right? Because there isn't enough oxygen. So Mao's just like I'm going to stay with the ship. Hope that something works out. Like we've sent out this distress signal. You need to go over there and see if you can find anyone, and then hopefully you'll have enough fuel to get back. That's the kind of thing. But he really, the, you know, the idea that's kind of not really, ex- not explicitly expressed is that like he's going down with his ship, right? And he's sending everybody else off. Like he's sacrificing himself. He's going down with the ship. Um, even though Anara especially doesn't want him to do that, as you can imagine, because they are in love. <laughs> but they will not admit it to each other. Um, there is a like a altercation. A ship arrives. It answers their distress call, um, and then they board with weapons. And then Mal ends up getting shot. Uh, and they try to steal the ship. Mal gets a gun and manages to scare everybody off in a scene which is like really, like there's five people here and they've all got guns. Yeah, Aaron said like, the same thing I mean, to me. I can kind of understand the idea of like if none of you have got your guns drawn and this guy's got your gun drawn and the idea of self-preservation, you may just be like, "Mm, I'm just going to leave this because if he shoots me, right, like it's not worth it. But it's still like there are five of them. It kind of was a bit like, "Mm, I'm not so sure about that. There's also a Jane flashback, which is kind of funny where they just they just they convince that like that he like Jane is in like this gang, which is holding up Mal and Zoe. And then they just end up convincing him to join their group because they'll pay him more money. And it's like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. That's that's a good Jane flashback. And does he have like a handlebar mustache or something? Uh, Something like that. Or maybe like a goatee. I don't know. Yeah, not 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 a good look. Yeah, well, yeah, nothing was as bad as Wash, but you're still right. So this this episode is kind of tied up quickly, but not in a way that frustrated me so much. It was more just the idea of like the way in which he scared them off was a bit like, yeah, I don't know if that really would work. But it all tied together quite well that they ended up just getting the piece that they needed, and then Mal passes out. Right, like he gets he scares them away. He gets the little piece that he needs to put into the ship, which is informed to him from a flashback, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, like the, the Kaylee flashback, like he ends up working mm-hmm. out and needs to fix the ship. I like that. And like the two of them working together and she kind of is like desperate. She doesn't know what to do, like in the real time, which I, I liked all of the way that they were interacting as well. Um, and plus she was just like really shaken up because Zoe saved her and all that sort of stuff. It was good. I, I really liked Kaylee in this episode, actually. She she played some really good parts in it. And it, well, she made the meat cake oh, yeah. too, which is disgusting, but <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, for Simon's birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they end up like the crew returned. So if I, I kind of didn't get this exactly, so please correct me if I'm wrong, that one of the shuttles decided to return independently right like i think the shuttle that inara was on they just came back because they were like we can't leave him out there they found mal and then sent a note out to the other one to call them back that's no actually inara was with jane and they didn't come back right it was zoe and wash they came back and told inara and jane to come back yeah i forgot which i forgot who was with whom but yes the, the, the general gist of what you're saying is accurate 
And then I kind of, I don't know, it was nice, like a kind of drugged up uh, Mal. He was really happy that everyone was there. And he was like, are you guys still going to be here when I wake up? Like, it was nice, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. it showed like when he, when his guard is down because he's hurt, he's sleepy, he's drugged, you know, like to, to make, you know, to get rid of the pain or whatever of being shot. Um, you find out how he feels about everyone, you know, like that kind yeah. of moment where he's like, he, he loves his crew, like they're important to him. Uh, and it was it was nice. I liked it. This was a good episode. This was a good episode. So I have a question for you. When this is to go back to when Mal and Inara meet, she says to him during that uh, conversation something along the lines of, "That's the last time you're going to call me whore." And I don't know this for certainty, but does he ever call her whore ever again? He certainly dances around every other euphemism for it, but does he ever actually use the word whore ever again? Because I don't think he does. I know that people do. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know if he does. Yeah, I want to keep an eye out for their, I guess, ear out for that for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the run because I'm curious if he ever actually uses the word because I don't think he does. I think he actually honors her wishes in a kind of roundabout mal kind of way. I know it's been said in the shows, so, but I can't remember by who. Yeah, same here. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. So this one, this one was intense for sure. Uh, it was super intense. I don't feel like I breathed very well for the entire episode. However, I thought it was really good. I also thought that the flashback, you know, in the interleaving flashbacks with with current time, that's something that's real easy to get real wrong. And I thought they handled it really well. I thought it was well executed, which made me super happy. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed this episode, despite the fact that it was stressful as anything. Yeah, it was, but I enjoyed it too. Go team. All right, well, enjoy the rest of your holiday, sir, because I'm not going to talk to you for a while. Well, the holiday hasn't begun yet. I'm not on holiday. Well, whatever. I'm working. You're overseas. Working every day. I'm I'm traveling right now. I'm on holiday at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In any case, enjoy the rest of the time. Uh, Give Stephen and his entire family uh, big, uh, uncomfortably long hugs, and uh, enjoy the rest of your time in the United States, my friend. Thank you, Casey Liss. I'll talk to you soon.